0: Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Wow. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foot.
1: Welcome. Into Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. You can watch a simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. For those of you who may have been watching on the simulcast yesterday, you got to see um, my face that Hannah did when the news came down. And, you know, we're going to get into, especially in the second hour, we're going to be talking LSU football with Koki Riley in the next segment, and the segment after that, we'll be speaking some high school football with Church Point head coach John Craig Arsenault, who always and we always enjoy speaking with. And the ten o'clock hour will be open phone line, so we can gnash teeth then. Um, thank you to Framber Valdez for winning last pitching well last night and and playing a big role in the Astros win and I certainly needed an Astros win um Uli still hit into a double play with the bases loaded I just, just, he, just, he just he just kills me uh uh but that's 22 22 quality starts in a row for Framber Valdez so uh, he's, he's done very well. Um, you know, if Verlander doesn't finish any higher, if if Verlander doesn't pitch again in the regular season, like Michael was suggesting yesterday, it's possible Framber could finish in the top. If he keeps this up, he might finish in the top two in the Cy Young voting, for those of you who are worried about individual awards. But yesterday... Me being totally crushed is more. Obviously, there's a lot of things about trading Chauncey Gardner Johnson that I don't like, but really high on that list is, you know, after la- the last two years and especially last summer, those of you who were listening, la- the kind of during the regular season, but especially in August, it was just an awful August for. In, in July and August and September for um, for the Saints and just bad news after bad news, after bad news and just every day something bad was being said. It was just awful. Um, and it turned out to be just, um, you know got off to a great start, but then the bad news just never stopped and, and ended up being one of the most injured seasons or statistically the injured most injured most dysfunctional season in the history of the franchise. I mean, in many ways, it was more dysfunctional than the Katrina season. I mean, the Katrina season had its own kind of dysfunction, and that team wasn't as good as this team from last year. But you could, you could make the argument that last year was actually more dysfunctional than the Katrina season. I mean it was just that crazy. Now, around the surroundings weren't obviously it was just a complete nightmare, you know, everywhere else and and you know, they didn't play home game in San Antonio, but they played one in Jacksonville. I mean, it was it was a very dysfunctional season last year. Uh and so yesterday's bad news was just it was just like, "Oh no." It was just again there are going to be 2 2022 football reasons and we'll we'll discuss those in the next hour why it was bad um but just for right it, it was just oh no here we go again i i just you know when 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 a backup wide receiver failed a drug test, I didn't care. I didn't even think about it. When uh, there was somebody else that got hurt and everybody, a lot of people were kind of worried about it, I'm like, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm not even going to worry about it. Not worried about it. And then when yesterday happened, it was just, oh, here we go again. Not again. I just can't take any more of this is bad news. Can things just go smoothly? Can things just go as planned? Uh, You know, uh, it was just crushing. It it was just – and I've been in a daze ever since. Now, again, we'll talk more about the football side of it, and if you want to talk now, you do have a few minutes in this first segment before we do some interviews, and in the 10 o'clock hour, we will dissect it a little bit more, but it was was crushing. Just, again, not just the news of it, just – bad I'm just like I said I'm right on the air I just can't take any more bad news having it I mean if you lose a game because you miss a block or you miss a field goal or you throw an interception or you fumble the football that's a different kind of anger that's like um that's a different kind of frustration that's just you blew it you idiot but like All of, you know, these unforeseen things that happen, it's just different. It's like, man, can we just get a break? Can you just get a break? Like, if any franchise deserves a break after everything they've been through the last three years, and really four years, it's the Saints in my mind. And I know I'm biased, but, I mean, well, the Lions, too. The Lions deserve some break. And I'm sure there's a few other ones you say, well, they deserve a break. But, man, it's just like. Enough. Enough of the non-football junk. Enough. And uh, yesterday was a reminder. No, may not be enough. I've been trying to convince myself that this is the year they're going to get paid. The Saints are going to get paid back. And right now, uh, yesterday was a very disturbing reminder. That may not be the case. Again, there's a few minutes that if you want to get in before we get to Cokie, certainly feel free. Call the game hotline 706-0111. Uh, the Yankees won last night if you didn't stay up late or wait, or get up early this morning and check. Uh, the Rays won and the Blue Jays won. Um, the Mets lost, but so did the Braves. And tomorrow is September So, obviously, September is the start of football season, and so we'll be talking mostly football, but I'll try to at least keep you up to date on, you know, big things, highlights. And and there is still, I think most, uh, I I, I think right now the playoff seeds are not set, but I think there are very few, it's not, I think we're going to have, less movement than I was thinking it was possible at, like, the all-star break. You know, the White Sox got beat again last night. And, and, you know, I'm the White Sox fan. It's not that I want them to go to the playoffs. It's just that me, like a lot of other people, picked them to go to the playoffs at the beginning of the season. And you keep waiting for something that they just keep not winning. Uh, I just – it's still possible, but it's not looking good. Not looking good uh, for them. So uh, I kind of feel like we know that, you know, it's the Orioles and the Brewers. And those are really the two teams. Are they going to do it or not? And if they don't, I think we kind of know who the playoff teams are. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir.
2: Yeah, good to hear you again. I listened to to Michael yesterday on, on when you interviewed him. And, He's very informative. Um, I enjoyed it. But I think he's a little unrealistic if he thinks that Astros can just shelve Verlander for the rest of the season and all of a sudden just plug him back into the rotation when the you know postseason starts and expect him to, to – I mean, he's got to make some starts, a couple of starts.
1: Well, I, and I suggest I that hopefully he can make at least one. Uh, now again, you're not talking about six months here. You're just talking about a month, and he is, you know, he's a different breed. You know, Verlander's a, in a yeah. different breed than everybody else. But uh, so, if anybody could do it on the staff, I would trust him to do it more than anyone else. But but no, I'm, I'm hoping he can make at least one.
2: Yeah. Well, based on what I read about the injury, he Verlander thinks he'll, he'll be ready to go when he comes off DL in a couple weeks. So he, he
1: did. It was encouraging yesterday. Yeah. Yes.
2: That's good. And I hope so, because if Verlander did not pitch in postseason, that would be par for the course. The Astros have not had Verlander and McCullers together at the same time in postseason since the 2018 ALCS.
1: Yes. You know, last I mean, year they went to the World Series and they lost their ace in the ALDS. I mean, it's just like, yeah, yes.
2: So that would be par for the course if Verlander, you know, we could finally get McCullers back. And you know they've only they've only been together in the in the same rotation, they were like opening day 2020, the first two games, and then Verlander went out for the year, and then uh, how how often has McCullers pitched since he's come back this year? What three times? Yeah, so they've been together for four games. You know, if I, I mean four turns in the rotation in, in in three seasons.
1: Yeah, so but McCullers has got to start throwing some strikes. I mean, he, I hope so.
2: He just I hope he,
1: th- so. he throws way too many balls. He's got yeah. to throw some strikes.
2: Now, before I let you go, switching to the Saints, um, the the chauncey Gardner johnson thing, here's what I don't don't understand. Why not keep him this year as they're worried about losing him and just let him walk next year?
1: Well, that was my first reaction. Again, we didn't hear this from the Saints. This is just a narrative that's being floated out there, and it might have come from the Saints to, you know, the Nick Underhills of the world and therefore gotten to us. But the thought process is he's already shown signs in camp where they thought the perception was that he faked an injury earlier this year because and and made supposedly made the comment walking off. You see what happens when I don't get paid. Oh and, Lord! And and That's he's already good. had stretches where he wasn't speaking to coaches because he was mad about his contract deal. So. I think the perception is, and again, I, this is not coming from the Saints directly, so there's some assumptions here. The perception is that that they don't that there's a an idea that he's not going to play hard all season, and that it's just not going to work, and it's going to be too dysfunctional.
2: Yeah, well, I, I guess so. But boy, the Eagles—I mean, that's a team that we could be facing in postseason, and they needed a safety. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't like helping out somebody that you might be playing.
1: Well, and they do play him in the regular season, and they're going to need
2: another starter. And
1: yeah, they're they're gonna they they do play him in the regular season, and they're going to get crushed by him in Philly. Well, crushed. Yeah.
2: And anyway, yeah. well, all right. Just thought I'd throw my two cents in, and uh, i talk to you soon.
1: Great talking to you, sir. As always, thank you very much. All right. All right. Um, let's do this. Let's just um, take a time out. And I need to shift gears, clear my mind as much as possible. Got to take advantage of those opportunities. So we'll take a timeout. When we come back, we will get in touch with Cokie Riley and see if we can figure out anything about LSU football going into Sunday's season opener, uh, Sunday night season opener. That's kind of strange to say, but that's the way it is. This early in the season, that happens some before the NFL starts LSU and Florida State will do that when we come back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Medicine season. Medicine season. Now a season in which a college or professional sports team suffers a disappointing season due to injuries or fluky incidents, also known as paying the piper. Now back to the man with his very own language, Kevin foot and footnotes on the game. One Oh three, seven Lafayette and one Oh four, one Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. Before we get to our special guest, uh, I want to tell you football season is here. About the ultimate tailgate giveaway, if you would like to win five hundred dollars to Chop Specialty Meats. Well, I could use them, bootant from Chop Specialty Meats, right now to make me feel better after the way this week is going. The new grill with accessories, a cooler, a set of chairs a $500 Visa gift card, as well as tickets to Cajun and Tiger football games and more. If you would like to win this great prize, the Ultimate Tailgate Giveaway, you simply need to uh, register for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041, thegamecom Today, the Ultimate Tailgate Giveaway, powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game. All righty, we have with us Koki Riley of the USA Today Network. How are you, sir?
3: Doing really well. How's it going, Kevin?
1: Oh, you know, all Saints fans are kind of up in arms and trying to figure out what in the world's going on since yesterday. So we're kind of <laughs> teetering. You know, we just, I just feel like a big weeble just wobbling and just hoping that somehow if I fall down, it doesn't hurt. But anyway, we will go right to LSU football. I have a question someone wanted me to ask. Um is Daniels gonna be here for one or two years?
3: Um, he can be here for two, uh, but if he starts, he's probably gonna be here for one. That's that's the best way to describe it. Um, because then he could just enter the NFL draft and uh that would just make sense for him because I mean when he when he burst onto the scene his freshman year we thought he'd just be a three year guy. Um so I wouldn't be surprised at all if he plays starts the season and plays well holding the NFL draft after this year. but he could return next year.
1: So do you think he's an NFL talent? Um, really?
3: I, I think if he plays up to his potential, yeah, he can he can play in the NFL. Um, I, 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 how well and in, as in what role uh, that's that's a major to be de, to be determined. Um, but at, at the very least as a runner, he definitely has the capabilities to uh, play well against NFL talent. Um, I mean, I, I think he's an excellent athlete and could, and could definitely, and that's a skill that can definitely translate to the next level. Uh, does he have necessarily the arm strength and the arm talent to be Patrick Mahomes? No, absolutely not. But um, I can't see why that, not much less talented than a guy like say Jalen, Jalen hurts. So, yeah, I don't think he would set the world on fire in the NFL, um, but I, I think he's good enough to at least to make the league if he plays up to his potential
1: this season. You think he's better than Ian Book? Um,
3: that's a, that's a very complex question. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I, I think he can be in the NFL if we're, uh, but he's not going to catch Ian Book in terms of I, I'd say co- collegiate accomplishments. But if you look at I mean, Jane Daniels out of high school was a borderline five-star prospect. Like, this guy has real physical tools. It's just a matter of putting him in the right scenario and having him play up to his potential, right? Because I, we've seen him play up to his potential. We saw it just as a freshman when he had 17 touchdowns and only two interceptions, and he was a really explosive athlete on the ground. and He could uh, push the ball downfield a little bit. Uh, Wayne, the last two years at Arizona State, but a lot of that had to do with the circumstances as well. And, and this year is going to be really huge in terms of determining determining how, how how much of his struggles was on ASU or how much of his struggles were on him. So, you know, it's going to be really interesting.
1: All right, so let's get to two top points and then uh, first two questions and we'll kind of delve a little deeper. All right, so how much stock do you put into Florida State played a game and LSU didn't that gives him some tangible advantage or do you think that's overblown
3: um I think it might give him a small advantage I, I think it's a little overblown I think we um, kind of have this question every year like how valuable are the games against these lesser opponents um, and to me from what I saw from Duquesne I didn't watch the whole thing but Uh, because there's a point in the game where it gets to be such a blowout that it just doesn't really matter what you're watching anymore. Um, To me, when I saw Duquesne, they just don't seem like... They were so physically outmatched in that game that it's hard to even take stock into how well their guys were playing. And, And there just gets to a point where the reps you're taking are just empty calories because... Right, the guys, you're going up against are just players that, no offense to them, are really just one and two star athletes, and you have at least three and four star athletes because you're a power five program. So, I, I, I mean, yeah, like Florida State's offensive line dominated in that game, but like, how like, can you really take
1: any stock out of that? Um, yeah, I have a yeah. theory. If you can't lose, you've accomplished nothing by winning, and that's kind of what what, what what you're saying. But anyway. Yeah. All right, so the ne- the next point is when Kelly says he's not announcing the quarterback, are you pretty convinced who he's covering up? Um, or are you not convinced that, who he's covering up? Yeah,
3: That's an interesting way to put it. I have not thought of it that way. So, uh, I, I would say I'm pretty sure who he's going to pick anyway. But I mean, it, it 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 could also go the other way. I'm alone. He 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 really hasn't shown his hand that much in terms of who he's actually picking. I think the closest we've gotten is when he talked about um, how all well the offense runs under Daniels and how his veteran leadership and sort of experience helps. Helps everything flow a little bit better, especially when they're um, playing with some pace. And you did see that in practices too. Like the offense did was just just simply more smooth when he was under center. Um, so I, I guess I, I guess if you wanted to go off that evidence, it's him. But uh, when he's hiding it, do, do I think that necessarily tips tips the hand as to who he picked? Not necessarily. Um but uh, I don't know, I, I could I still think I can make a fairly educated guess as to who I think it's do, gonna
1: be. Do, does he have any history that you know of of not a two quarterback system but playing two quarterbacks without injuries being an issue?
3: Yeah, yeah, he's done this a ton. I mean he did it with Ian Book and Brandon Wimbush. Um he's done it kind of time it's he did it last season, heck, with Jack Cohn. Coming in and out, and uh, I mean they they've done this they, they've done this a, a, a good bit um, in, in so that could happen. At Notre Dame. So that they, could they're happen. They're not afraid of playing yeah. multiple quarterbacks during the season.
1: Yeah, so that 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 certainly c- could happen if it, if it's really that close. And and the Cajuns are have said at least early on they're going to do some form of that in their quarterback battle. All right, so what uh has, has, since we last spoke, has anything changed on the depth chart that that surprised you or intrigued you at all for LSU? Uh,
3: a little bit with the offensive line. Uh, Bradford got moved from right guard to, to right. Excuse me, from right tackle to right guard. Cam Wire gets inserted into the starting lineup. Tremont Shorts leaves the starting lineup, and uh, Miles Fraker moves to the left guard. Uh, so there was a little bit of movement there. Um, but for the most part, it's mostly the same as what we expected. Um, especially defensively, it looks like pretty much all the defensive starters who we anticipated in the last few days um, are going to start in this game. We have not seen a depth chart from LSU officially, so we cannot like confirm it with a with a cold iron fist that 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 this will be the starting lineup, but um kelly did confirm the starting offensive lineup at least so uh, in the place kicker so it's gonna be damian ramos uh which i think we talked about in our special teams show so uh yeah that's pretty much it
1: well the cages gave us their quarterback but they haven't given us the offensive line or the kicker yet so i guess it just give and take either approach that you get so um all right so um Florida State, your expectations, I'm not going to ask you for a score prediction, but uh, well, well, I haven't even checked. What is the spread on this game? Do you have any idea?
3: Uh, LSU's favored by three.
1: So are you leaning towards them covering?
3: Yeah, I, I think LSU will cover. Um, I think a lot of this game is going to go down to can Florida State's <laughs> offensive line hold up against LSU's defensive line. Um, and vice versa, to be honest. I think the strengths of this team, both teams, is probably in their defensive line. Maybe not the ultimate strength for Florida State, but at least, but arguably the ultimate strength for LSU is on that defensive line. And both teams' offensive lines heading to this game with some questions. So it's kind of a matter of which teams' offensive lines can hold up the most. Um, I think whoever does that wins the game because, uh, the, because Florida State has a very, uh, because Florida State's identity is very much wrapped up into their running game, and you saw that against Duquesne, at least schematically. So if LSU can blow stuff up at the line of scrimmage and stay pretty disciplined with their eyes, because Florida State ran a lot of counters and fake counters and pulled their guards and their tackles and their centers all over the place. So, I, I, yeah, they're going to have to stay pretty disciplined in the running game, and, and if they can blow stuff up the line of scrimmage and force, Jordan Travis into being more of a pocket passer, it's going to be a pretty successful day for the defense, I think. Um, And then on the flip side, Chelsea's offensive line can can play a little better than expected, just a little better than I I think they're going to be able to operate what they want to do on offense. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see which which team wins the line of scrimmage, basically.
1: Again, we're speaking with Koki Riley about LSU's season opener Sunday night, 630 against uh, Florida State. So how high on your list of things that you kind of want to see out of the Tigers on Friday is some sort of good functional communication and they're on the same wavelength between Daniels and the receivers?
3: Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I, I, I think that's going to be high on my list um or smarter than the receivers we'll see like yeah it, that's that's the one question yeah. <laughs> i that's the that's a big that's one of the big questions heading into this game or maybe or or that question being part of a larger question i have is just what's the chemistry of this offense going to look like what's the chemistry uh that Daniels is what kind of chemistry is Daniels going to have as, with his receivers when when the bullets are really flying you know it's easy to connect with a guy in practice, right? Even if you are playing in the scrimmage portion, portion of practice. I mean, but like when you're in the Superdome and it's loud as heck in there, and it's the first big game of the season, like like, like what is like what is that connection going to entail? Um, how are how are adjustments going to be effectively? I'd say adjustments in the line of scrimmage are going to be effectively gold out when. You're in that scenario, right? All of these tiny, tiny little things that seem like seem like they're nothing—they um, they really come to the spotlight in a, in a just a giant moment like this.
1: So, you know, one of the things that I, I like about a close two quarterback race as this ended up being is that it gives you automatic depth and it and, and somewhat of what depth that you feel good about. The one thing I don't like about a close two you know quarterback race in camp is the number one quarterback doesn't get as many reps as a normal number one quarterback would get.
3: Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um I'm not a huge fan of these two quarterback races. I, I feel like it's just better for the team in general. Yeah. When you have one guy and he's the guy. Um, and Not just for leadership reasons. I, I just think it's much easier to build chemistry uh, with your receivers, with the offensive line, kind of going back to the point that we were just talking about. Uh, when you have that one quarterback and you can build those reps during practice, and you can not only build chemistry with all your guys, you can build nuance within the offense. I mean, the offense can become more specified to the skill sets of the quarterback. And if you can do that, then it it just sort of elevates the level and the complexity of your offense, and it's just going to make it that much harder for defense uh, and game plan for you. So I think that the problem with a two-quarterback system is is that you're just cutting down on the possibility of all that. Uh, Yes, you have depth, but but, but it's also hard for me to see how, if you're a player on that team, you look at the situation you're like you know what let's I I, I, let's learn maybe not two completely different offenses but let's learn two different styles of our offense in in practice every single week because that's going to help us win a game when one of these probably only one of these guys are going to play for most of the time you know it's just a lot less messier when there's just one guy
1: I agree all right one more question if I tell you now that Florida State's going to get a draw in the in the trenches on the line of scrimmage in Sunday's game. In other words, LSU's not going to get an advantage in, in the war in the trenches. Do you still think LSU covers? Are they good enough everywhere else to cover in that scenario?
3: Yeah, yeah. I think LSU would be good enough to cover in that scenario, mostly because I think their weapons are just more talented. Uh, I, I think Florida State's running back room is is pretty impressive, but – in terms of their receivers, I think LSU was the better receiving core by far, uh, and I I I think they're going to be able to take advantage of Florida State secondary more than the other way around. So that would kind of be my case for that. And I I think if um, I think if they again if they just force Jordan Travis to be a pure passer and force him to do two step three not two step but uh, these five-step, seven-step, like, two, like, deep reads, then it's it could be a long day for Florida State. So, it's, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I think that the, um, I think the key to this game is what's going to go on on the offensive lines. But in terms of just weapons, I think LSU has the more talented weapons.
1: All right. Well, next week, we'll actually have a game to talk about for the first time, and that's... Kind of refreshing after a long, long August. So I appreciate your time as always, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Koki Riley, the USA Today Network. It is a, um, you know, it'll be interesting. And again, Cajun fans will be watching that game as well, I would think, because Cajuns play Florida State later this year. So it'll be an interesting watch for a lot of football fans in the Cadiana area Sunday night, 630 LSU, Florida State, from the Superdome. We'll take a timeout and shift gears to high school football. Church Point coach John Craig Arsenault scheduled next on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Benedict Arnold's. Benedict Arnold's. Now, an NFL expansion team that stole a bunch of Saints players and coaches when first created. Also known as the Carolina Panthers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes.
1: Welcome back. Two footnotes coming foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. want to remind you, one, the Astros play today at 105 against Martin Perez and the Rangers. We'll get into some more details about that a little later. But also, uh, you're running out of time. If you would like to win tickets, it's our last Astro game. Getaway of the season against the Tampa Bay Rays on Saturday, October the first. If you would like to win four tickets to that Saturday evening game, hotel accommodations, and a tour of Minute Maid Park, you simply need to be part of the game's uh, the Game Rewards Club. And if you are, you will be eligible to win Astro Weekend Getaway Five, powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston Downtown, and the Game Southwest Louisiana's. Sports Station. All right. We have with us Church Point head football coach John Craig Arsenault. He's played a little baseball in his life as well. How are you, sir?
4: Doing good, Kev. A little bit saturated, but I'm all right. So,
1: you know, I kind of did a, uh, t- communicated with a few coaches, and we have, uh, I think, four Cadiana team- area games changing their their sites or their venues to try to protect fields this week if it continues to rain another week is that going to is that number going to rise or is it not to that point yet
4: well I think I think we have a limited number of fields that sites can be moved to so uh, you know I don't know how much it's going to rise but I know that Church Point units is going to play in Eunice on Friday night I know that
1: so Eunice had a pretty peculiar situation. You know, they were supposed to play on Thursday. It didn't happen. Then they thought they were going to play on Friday, and that didn't happen. If you didn't get a jamboree in, how much would that set you back? And have you ever experienced that other than, I guess, maybe a hurricane situation or something in the past?
4: Well, I mean, in 30 years, I've never been in a situation where we've not played a jamboree. And, you know, I, I just think, you know, it doesn't matter how much you condition and how much you, you do things at practice getting in that game situation, you're having to control your emotions. The game's just going to move way faster than it does at practice. You know, so I think from a, from a conditioning standpoint, playing a jamboree is very important, you know, because we played a little more than half a game. So the kids, the bodies get to kind of get acclimated to, to what's going on. So, you know, I think it's huge. If you don't play a jamboree, it kind of puts you behind the eight ball going into week one.
1: So, you played um, Kaplan and what, you know, as far as what you were hoping to get out of, or maybe there might've been a position battle or something that you were uh, trying to uh, be curious about. What did you get out of that matchup?
4: Well, I mean, uh, you know, the question for us is, is defense. You know, we graduated 10 seniors uh, starters on defense last year. Seven of those kids have been starting since they were sophomores. So, You know, last Friday night in the Jamboree, every kid we put on the field on defense with the exception of one either played middle school football last year or played JV football. Very few of those kids had varsity action. So, you know, it was just to get them out there so they could see the pace of the game and, um, you know, and just kind of get under the lights for the first time. You know, so so we were a little bit concerned, you know, how we were going to react defensively, you know, And, and, and we held our own. I mean, The good thing is we we made a lot of mistakes, things we were able to try to get corrected this week. And, you know, the kids can see them on film. You know, unfortunately, we're not one of those schools who has an opportunity to film practice so we can show the kids what they're doing uh, in practice. So it was good to get it on on film. Um, It was good to show those kids the mistakes. And then offensively, you know, we're we're transitioning from being very traditional wing tee to being in what's called the gun tee. We're still running wing tee plays. We're just doing it from uh, the shotgun formation. So it was good to see uh, Jaden Reese get back there and, and be able to do some of the things we needed him to do at quarterback, making a change from running back to quarterback. So, you know, so I, I, the, the jamboree was good for us.
1: Y'all, before I get back to the defense, y'all were able to throw the ball for an old school running team a little bit last year. Um, how much of a step back in the, in the passing game will it be moving a running back to quarterback?
4: Well, the, the thing is, is the, the reason we made the transition into uh, the gun tee is because what it adds is it adds the RPO game. So you have an opportunity to have pre-snap reads, to, to be able to make some decisions before the ball snapped on whether you should throw the ball or run the ball. You know, So that, that's the biggest reason we kind of made that transition is to try to take the pressure off a kid who's, who hasn't played quarterback in high school to make that quick transition to be able to step out there on Friday nights and be able to do the things we need him to do.
1: Y'all were speaking with Church Point head football coach John Craig Arsenault, and y'all had some the last two to three years some really special, you know, defensive players that put up some as it helped as your defense as a defense put up some pretty incredible numbers. What I know you y'all are loaded when you. Guys, now, but what skill set do you see if if they reach the potential could be a strength of this defense from just the physical skills that you have?
4: Well, the the, the big thing is, is that we've been preaching since um, since the you know we got into summer and, and rolling in is that you know we don't have those superstar players who can just kind of take over the game like we've had the last couple of years. You know, with Javen Gibson, uh, Jamarian Citizen, and we had Tony Gibson on the D line. Before that, we had. Dylan Stelly, at linebacker, and all those kids were all state football players, and at any point in the game, those kids could just kind of take over a game and just do the things they needed to do to get the defense off the field. We don't have those kids in this group, so it's got to be a, a team mentality, a pack mentality that they got to rally to the football. You know, everybody has got to be where they need to be because we just don't have those erasers standing behind them like we've had in the past, so it's it's very much going to have to be a team mentality on defense this year.
1: As an offensive play caller, it had to just feel like a dream because I can remember years where y'all had to outscore people to win games. But in the last two or three years, you, you rarely had to do that because your defenses were putting up, giving up so few points. First of all, I mean it obviously it, it felt great. But but secondly, like how does that affect your play calling on offense? if y'all end up giving more points like, you know, logic says you probably will this year?
4: Well, you know, last year we only gave up 20 points the uh, entire regular season. We gave up a touchdown on the first drive of the first game we played, and then we only gave up two touchdowns the rest of the season. You know, so as a play caller, you know, there there were times where, you know, it was easy to be super conservative, not to put the defense in any bad spots because you knew that we weren't going to give up a, a bunch of points, so you could really protect your your uh, your possessions. You know, knowing that we're probably going to give up more points this year, you know, we'll probably have to be a little bit more aggressive. We'll have to know when we're going to be able to take our shots down the field, and you know, there'll, there'll be some situations where normally we may punt the ball, where we're probably going to just have to go for it to try to keep the ball in our hands to try to control the clock and control the pace of the game.
1: As far as uh, the overall district, is it um, in a reclass year? We're going a new reclass year. Is anything different, or uh, how do you kind of gauge that?
4: Well, we picked up uh, Port Barry back into the district. They used to be part of the old district, 5 3A, and then they moved back down to 2A, and now they're back up. So we'll have a 17 district. Um, you know, it's the same six and add Port Barry. You know, so, you know, I, Iota's I'm sure going to be the front runner and Northwest is going to be right behind them. And, you know, we got a new coach at Pine Prairie and, and Joe Heinz who is coming over from Turlings and Joe's going to do a great job over there. And they got two really good players coming back on offense and uh, coach Dwight Collins has done a great job at Mamu, And they've, they've just been, it's been a steady progress for them. They, they're, they're so they're moving forward and you can see it every year. So, you know, it's going to be a district where if you're not ready to play every week that uh, you're, you're going to get on the bus at 10 o'clock and uh, you can be very disappointed in the outcome.
1: What are you – I know this is not something you're really going to think about until like week nine or so, but week 10. But the, the whole restructuring of, of, of the playoffs, as you're starting the season, you have any thoughts on that? Or it, does it feel a little different? I mean, it, it just seems – everything seems a lot more balanced
4: um well uh, this year with without a doubt there's there's going to be more balance because of the way they've structured it you know i it really affects us in 3a because we're we're going to be in the in the low 40 range of schools when it comes time to breaking it up for playoff time so you know there there are going to be some schools who traditionally have been right on the edge of making the playoffs and haven't gotten in who are going to who are going to get that experience you know but We've always been a one week at a time team. We've always had that mentality. Can we go one and zero this week? You know, so to be honest, I haven't really looked that far ahead. You know, we, we our focus has been on getting ready for for Eunice, and then as soon as this is over, we'll start getting ready for Kinder the next week. So, you know, I think playoff wise, I I, I think it's it's just going to look different a little bit when we get to the end. But I 100% agree with you. There's going to be more balance across the brackets than there's ever been.
1: Well, I know one thing. I, ex- I, ex- I expect your, your team to be among the top two or three or four leading rushing teams again because you got some special, special guys running the football still. I appreciate your time, as always. Good luck to you, sir.
4: Nope, I appreciate it, Kevin. You know I always appreciate when I get a chance to talk about the Bears.
1: All right, thank you. Good luck. Thanks, Kev. John, Craig, Arsenault, no, they can really run the football. Now, again, like we were talking about, they could really um, play defense the last few years. And so it's going to be different. I mean, I can remember it wasn't that long ago they got beat, what, at Sterlington like 50-something to 50-something, you know, in a playoff game. And so they probably not wanting to get back quite to that kind of football. But, um, you know, at certain schools, you you just don't have special. They had a special run on defensive football players, and now they're going to be leaning a little bit more on their very powerful running game again. All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back, finish out the first hour. Remember, open phone lines. We can get back to the Saints and the uh, gnashing of teeth in the next hour. We'll finish out the first hour next on the game.
0: Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Casper the Quitter. Casper the Quitter. Now, the former New Orleans Saints longtime head coach who quit on the team after a tough season. Also known as Sean Payton. Now back to the man with his very own language, Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Oh, I need that optimism. I don't know if it's going to do any good, but I certainly need it. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros and um we will uh again get to some talking about the Saints in the in the next hour we we'll talk to LSU football and high school football and the uh you know I I think it's going to be not that different than when LSU went out to UCLA But at least it was, you know, the same coaching staff. So you had somewhat of an idea what to expect with a a whole new coaching staff, essentially. Um, There's a little bit more of the sense of an unknown, I think, for Sunday night's game. So it's going to be. You know whether you love LSU, hate LSU, or don't really care about LSU. It, it, it's it, but if you just watching football uh, on a on a, a night where there's not a lot, you know, other games being played, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens and how. I'm just. I think most people think Daniels is going to be the star, but whether it's Daniels or Nussmar or both, um, I, I'm just going to be looking to see like are they going to really be able to take advantage of how talented their wide receiving core with with the quarterbacks they have so it's just the first game but that's you know the main thing I'll be looking for at for sure All right, that's it for the first hour another hour to follow on the game Broadcasting
0: live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foot.
1: Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. We have open phone lines this entire hour. It is the time that we, the most time that we're going to have until Friday. Heavy, a lot of interviews scheduled for tomorrow. So, if you would like to discuss, debate, cry, moan, support, whatever, uh, what's going on with the Saints right now after the shocking Chauncey Gardner Johnson trade yesterday? Certainly, now is the time to do it. If you want to talk about Major League Baseball, obviously. All the from it's you know tomorrow is September, so it's football season. So if you want to talk high school, college, and it, we'll talk more NFL not involving the Saints next week as we um, lead into the opener of the NFL. But um, obviously, we have to give a lot of thought. You know, yesterday when you read all the reports, I saw. Cover corner, a lot of people call him a a slot cover corner or a slot corner. I just just don't look at Chauncey Garner-Johnson as that. I just think, you know, the Saints play like a lot of people play now, what they call these hybrid defenses, whatever it is, uh, you know, where they – I I look at him more as a safety. Uh, The Eagle reports listed him as a safety. And, again, I just think he's one of these tweener guys. I've always thought that he was a little bit overrated as a cover. Like, there are times where he's just a pure cover guy on a play. As a cover guy, I've always thought he was a little overrated. I think he's fine, but not, like, way above average. What I think he's way above average is, is being physical and helping out in the run game. And he just... Um, I'm more worried about teams being able to run the ball better on the Saints without him than I am worried about teams being able to pass the ball better. My, my fears about the pass defense... Come from the safeties not being on the same page because they're new. There's just a lot of newness. I, I think the talent level is probably higher than it was last year uh, in those areas. But there, are, it's all new. Whether you've got a rookie of Taylor plays, I mean that's day one is not new, and a Debo it's not new, but Everything else is pretty new other than P.J. Williams, who's been around longer than any of them. But um, I don't know. I, I um, There's just a lot of newness. And so hopefully they're all on the same page. I've been preaching that, and that's been a goal. That's been my number one concern since day one. I know other people think it's quarterback or all these other issues, linebackers and but my number one concern is safeties being on the same page. And hopefully uh, they can ach- they can achieve that. We'll see. But, you know, I'm now – I'm more worried about stopping the run now than I was yesterday when I showed up for the show. Let's put it that way. Uh, let's go to the game hotline. Hello.
5: Hey, bro. You got your toes off the cliff yet?
1: Oh, I don't – I'm No.
5: Well again, as as we've had a 24 hours to process it, and if it makes you feel better, I felt like you did when it was first announced. I told Hannah to be glad we're not a shoot the messenger kind of group because she'd have had some bullets in her. but uh, it's uh, looking at it, Kevin, what is the number one thing this organization has done to really turn this team around and make it the consistent, year in year out solid team. They've gotten rid of all the locker room cancers and they've worked real hard at doing that and this guy was obviously becoming a cancer in the locker room and that doesn't mean we didn't lose a good player but you can't have you can't have guys not talking to coaches. I mean you, you just simply can't. That spreads and other players see that. And, um, again, Philly's going to use him as a safety, apparently, so he'll warrant the extra money that he's asking for. We're going to see if he can play safety. He may not be big enough, uh, and I actually think you're right. I think his run support was one of the undervalued parts of his game because he's such a – he's just a pest. And that was the fun part about him, is it was fun watching him get under other players' skin. But um, I just think you can't – And I get what you were saying, play him for a year. You couldn't afford to have him disrupt this locker room for a whole season. And how good are the Saints' front office? We lost a safety to retirement, a safety to free agency. We've now traded a safety, and we're still loaded at the position. Um I think that's pretty impressive. The fact that now, they've I've been telling
1: y'all this is the best Saints roster they've ever had. Yeah, for a long Yeah, and
5: look, we've been saying the secondary is one of the strengths, and it's funny because a lot of people were fussing when we picked up the kid from Tennessee in the second round, and he may be the guy that plugs straight in. Roby has had a great camp. So does Roby play the slot corner? And that's what we got to remember. This guy was a slot cornerback basically.
4: Yeah, and we really got was. guys
5: that. Yeah, look, I, I'm not saying he's not a good player, and I was sad, but if, if you look at the big picture, it, you get a little more clarity when you hear what was going no, on. No, I the
1: understand scenes. all of that. It's still a, a, a bad break for the organization. <laughs> That they drafted a steal. He's been a good player, and now we're at the point where he's not going to be a team guy. They feel like, and so we lose a whole year of a good player because he can't get along and and and, and be a part of the team, you know, because of an off-the-field contract issue. It's still a bad break. It's still bad.
5: No argument. We lost a good player is the bottom line. We lost a very good player. And I think there's merit to what you're saying about let's let the season play out. I think their biggest concern was you cannot disrupt that locker room. Every free agent that comes here brags about the locker room in New Orleans. That's why we lure free agents because of the locker room and the leadership in the locker room. And they are simply, at all costs, not going to allow that to happen. I, and we I get there. that. I'm trying to remember the name of the wide receiver we traded over to Miami. Well, Kenny he was doing the same. Yeah. yeah, Kenny Stills. That's when the purge really started, was when they just said, we're simply not going to allow this to happen. And from but, an I organizational that, standpoint, Joey, but I get that, Joey, but what I'm
1: saying is having to make that decision. Is bad. Yeah.
5: Well, look, you can't, you can't, you can't tell what kind of person. I think he he thinks his value is more than it is. They were like four million dollars apart on the uh, season on the contract talks. I mean, that's not even close. And he he wanted to be the highest. He wanted to be paid like a like a, a safety. And you just can't pay a corner slot that kind of money. And they tried. Look, they tried for. Since the end of last season, it was one of their priorities. I thought that's why they got rid of a few of the salaries they did because they were planning on giving him more money. You just can't – I don't know if if it's him or if he's got an agent in his ear saying you're worth this, you're worth this, you're worth this. But look, Philly hadn't – Philly made the trade no, and it may be a one-year deal. I think that's why we – that was my biggest disappointment. I saw we got a fifth and a sixth for him, and I'm thinking, man, I thought he'd be at least worth a third.
1: But you didn't get a – people say that, but you didn't get a fifth and a sixth for them because you got their second six and you had to give up a seventh. Oh, Look, uh,
5: Kevin, I'm disappointed in what we got in return. I'm disappointed we lost them. But in the big picture, I understand when you really read Underhill and you read some of the guys that covered the team on a regular basis, it became real clear as to why they felt like they had to get this done. And they did it. And, look, you got to find a trade partner. Okay? It's it's not as easy as saying he's worth a third. You have to have somebody offer you a third for him. And they obviously – the market wasn't that hot for him, or they would have gotten more. I mean, that's something we're not considering. Is uh, There's 31 other teams that put a value on them as well, and nobody stepped up when they found out this guy was on the market. So there's a reason we only got a fifth and a sixth a year from now – because nobody else offered us anything better, you don't think they'd trade him to Philly if somebody was offering us more? So it's it's again we we get caught up in the emotion and it, I get it, man. We lost a good player and he was a fan favorite. He was just fun because it's it's nice having a brat on your team. It's, well, it's always fun. He was fun scary a guy is what he was, but he
1: was still people. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. Well, but let I, let, me, let me get to some more callers. I appreciate the call. We're gonna be all right, Kev. You know, I hope it's not the beginning of an avalanche like the last two years were. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello.
6: What's going on, brother Cav? I oh, know you're not feeling good this man. morning, but it's all good, my oh,
1: brother. Oh, 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 oh. Well, they say y'all chemistry's still good. We'll see how that works.
6: Well, well, I like I like what happened because it's the unknown with tree Lands. That's how I look at it. Yes. You can't have somebody that go in and play maybe, what, 16 college games or something, and then, you know, he played a little bit last year. So it's like I, I just think, you know, I, I don't know how Jimmy mind is. I know some players probably wouldn't want to do that because they felt screwed, you know what I'm saying? Because you got my replacement. No,
1: I, I, I get it. Uh, supposedly, if you believe what they're saying, and, again, doesn't mean it's true because they say it, that – that um, that uh, he appreciated the way Jimmy treated him, and and when when he was the backup, and so he's gonna do the same, and so we'll see. But but my quick question,
6: Kevin, because I know you've been covering this for a long time, but my question is, if Trey Lance struggle, and and you pull him, and then Jimmy do well, then what that happens next year is like you you just don't go back to Trey Lance, you just keep Jimmy. Because Jimmy only twenty nine, so that that you you see what I'm saying. What's
1: your take on that? I don't, I don't, I don't think you can. Again, you know, from the beginning, I kept saying when you give up that many draft picks, you have to run with that guy. And again, I think what you, I agree with you. What what you did in signing Jimmy G as your backup helps your team as long as it doesn't become a chemistry issue. But I think everybody understands what's going on. And that they think the future is Trey and it's not Jimmy, and so I think they'll both. I mean, Jimmy could have, you, know, you know, I don't know how many other options he had, but he could have just not played or whatever. So I mean, I, I, I think it, you're going to be fine, and I think Trey's going to be the quarterback next year if he's healthy. No matter yeah, what, no, ma- no matter what happens, would, no matter what happens, no matter what
6: happens, they would pull him, or that's not a good thing. That's the question. Well, they might pull
1: him, but he's still going to be the starting quarterback if he's healthy to start next season. Oh, Is okay. what I'm saying, yeah. Okay. All
6: right, Kevin, thank
1: you. All right. I kind of thought Dwight would call yesterday. Oh, man, I'm not looking forward to that game. I really need to win that game, but I don't know if it's going to happen. All right, let's um, take one more call on the game hotline before we get to our first break of this hour. Hello. Hey, it. Howdy. oh. Um, so yeah, I was just thinking, uh, like, you gotta wonder if Sean
7: Payne was still here, would we have let would we, would we have traded Chauncey? How much of this is like Dennis Allen putting his foot down, you know? And
1: well, theoretically, make- Dennis Allen knows and had way more of a of a day to day relationship with Chauncey than 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 Casper did. Casper was way part of the, you know, was the spearhead of the, we can't, we can't live with malcontents. We can't have bad character guys. Right. You know, that started in 15 and 16 like Joey referred to with um what's his name? The the, the nose tackle the that King went Dick. to the bears mm-hmm. that went so well and, and Kenny Steele. So, and uh the cornerback from Seattle and, and all those guys. So uh, Browner. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I think that was him. I mean, he he was the one that was pushing that, so yeah, I think he'd have done the same thing. Okay, yeah, okay.
7: Well, it just feels like it's more of a Mickey Loomis kind of. I don't know He's like I've been through this before, you
1: know. And look, I, I, I get again my frustration is not that they decided if that was the if that was a decision that the, if the scenario that's being painted is is accurate, which we don't know that. We're just thinking that. If the scenario that's being painted is accurate, then I understand the decision they made. I just hate that here we go again. I mean, I look at this as just like, a, you know, it's like, can we just get a break? The fact that they have to make that decision is, is, a, is a bad break, just like if a guy gets hurt, just like if an official makes an awful call to lose you the game, just like if, you know, you, you know, you get your stadium gets flooded, and you got to play in Jacksonville. I mean, it's just—it's all non-football bad breaks to me.
7: I think the the thing I hate the most about it is we traded to trade him to the Eagles. Like, can we just let the dude go, Man. and wherever he goes, goes yeah. wherever you know? Or like, can we put him on IR for the oh, rest of the year?
1: Yeah. Or what, oh, I'm, no, what I'm can you. we do besides trading him to the Eagles? There's got to be something we could have done. I'm so tired of getting my face crushed. Like, there's no
7: one. We couldn't get a fifth and a sixth from someone else or, like, a seventh round from anyone else. Like, there was no one willing to take that dude off our hands. Yeah, I'd rather get a six
1: and a seventh from an AFC team than a fifth and a sixth from the Eagles. I'm with you, yes. Okay. Anyways. All right, thank you. Thank you. All righty. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back. On the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yep. Sounds like we were meant to be together. Or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Oh, I need some blues like that, old girl. Be in trouble if you leave me now. Um, Welcome back to Footnotes. LSU, if you did not get tickets to the Superdome and you want to have fun watching LSU in a group, uh, we got a great opportunity for you Sunday from 6 to 8, LSU watch party as the Tigers open the season against Florida State. You can um, – Enjoy beverages, burgers, and hang out with the Crunch Time host, Matt Miguez. It's the game's LSU watch party at Twin Peaks on Johnson Street Sunday night. So should be lots of fun. And we talked about the LSU-Florida State matchup quite a bit uh, in the last hour with Koki Wright. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello.
8: Hey, what's up? Howdy, sir. All right. You remember when the Saints lost Von Bell, and and the, the Bengals paid him all that money? Uh huh. What did he do since then?
1: Well, I mean, he's been pretty good.
8: Okay, he's been pretty good. But who who, who replaced him? Who took his spot on the team? Who who who, who drafted? Who who got drafted that year?
1: You talking about Chauncey Garner Johnson?
8: Yeah, exactly. So, instead of losing him and not getting nothing in return, at least they got a draft pick. And this year they drafted the guy Taylor. So, I'll put that in the same situation. You're not going to miss him just like you didn't really miss Vaughn Bell. Somebody's going to step up and take his place.
1: And But, but, but you're, Jenkins... You heard about
8: run support. I think Tyron Matthew can step up and take that place.
1: But and Jenkins replaced Bell, though technically. But I get what you're saying. But it, it, Chauncey added to the whole, you know, package. But 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 technically Jenkins re- replaced Bell. But no, I think it can happen. I still think they would be better as a defense if he played.
8: Well, you're if talking he played, about, I, I I think he can be replaced by committed because he was only limited to just nickel. And the guy, you even said it before, when they drafted the guy, the second-round guy, he can play inside, outside, safety. I mean, that can be, I'll rather, if he comes out and ball this year, you're going to forget about Chauncey Gordon. And i will rather play a guy that's more versatile in three or four years than a guy that's only limited to just one position.
1: Well, time will certainly tell. I hope you are absolutely correct. I hope at the end of the year you can call back and say, "See, they were better without them and you can spike the football and you you will get credit." I'm I'm hoping you're right. All right. Thank you. Have Thank you. Day. And again, I I think which was the comment that Dennis Allen made yesterday, this is the Saints are deeper in the secondary than they've ever been in the history of their franchise. They're, I mean, I've been preaching that. I agree. Still don't like it. I just don't like having to make this decision. I, if As I said, if what we're being told is accurate, then they made the right decision, doesn't mean it was best for the football team. What would have been better for the football team is that if that's true, that Chauncey was mature enough to just bite his lip, play the season, and then leave as a free agent. But it didn't happen, so we'll see what happens. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir.
9: Yeah, that, I mean, that's all we can do, you know. I mean, uh, he, he's a real good player. It's, uh, I think we won't be quite as good but, on defense, but, you know, that's, that's basically all you can do. I mean, apparently it was a non tenable situation, and, from what I heard, wasn't a whole lot of trade partners because I mean, listen, those guys get paid a lot of money. I don't think they would have just given away to the Eagles if there was five teams in the AFC. So I think that's just gotta swallow it and move on. Okay, Kevin, I gotta ask you a question. The world you live in? This guy
1: Daniels <laughs> NFL? They're talking about the NFL. Uh, That's why I I asked Kogi that question. I don't think he's an NFL. Now, he can maybe be an NFL backup, but he's not going to be an NFL star. At some point, listen, to me,
9: this would be the route that the the poster child for two years is Joe Burrow. I mean, the guy came. He had a real nice first year. I mean, you know, he probably could have gotten drafted in the sixth or seventh round maybe at some point or create or it. he might have made a roster. He I mean, probably would, based upon what we know now. But then he comes back and has this blow-up, miraculous season, and now he's, you know, I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So if the guy has talent, to me, the second year in the system would be the optimum situation. Now, that being said, if that's his thought process, and you're the head coach or the coach is making the decision, and he and Nussmaier are this close together, wouldn't you play a redshirt freshman? I mean, I, that's just what I'm thinking. If they're that close, and we really don't know that, you know, people say they're so close, but, you know, coaches have to say that, Kevin. In this day and age, he says, oh, Daniels is a starter hands down. You know, unless Nuzma, unless he gets hurt, Nuzma is going to play my duty. Well, ding, 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 transfer portal. Right, yeah, I mean, oh, coaches have so, to lie.
1: We, Yeah, we know. So,
9: uh, you know, they have to say stuff like that. I do think I have heard multiple reports about Nuzma looking good. He looked good in the spring. Uh, so, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm really, I don't know if I understand all that NFL talk uh, you know how great of a season can he have? To me, you know, I, I don't know. And listen, I wouldn't bet any money on that football game for any reason. There is no way to know what LSU is going to do. You you have a reasonable expectation because you have a professional foot. You know, you have a really good coaching staff. I think, from what, based upon where they've been and what they've done. You think they have a good staff. You think the front seven is going to be pretty good. secondary is questionable. O-line is questionable. So, I mean, and, you know, the other team play the game. I, you know, in NFL, I don't know, but I think in, in, in college football, that makes a big difference. I just don't know the simulation in practice can equate to actually playing the game, but I do understand the. If you can't lose, what are you gaining? I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to chime in. Oh, one more thing, Kevin. Church Point Bears. Let me just say, if they stay healthy. John Curry's gonna have another. I mean, if them not gonna be a not gonna be a 10-0 team, but they have three three beasts in the back. Oh no, field. beast.
1: No, really Quarterback good. Quarterback
9: in number yes. eight. And then they, eight, you throw 18 in there. Yes. He's, uh, he's, he's good. I mean, no, they, they, they got three. three their and,
1: offense is going to be great. No question.
9: Yeah. The offense is going to be really good. They stay healthy. And you know, the defense wasn't, the defense wasn't terrible. And I, you can tell that they have some kids that can, that can play. So yeah, they, they're they going to be all right. And uh, the parts uh, hung in there. I, I was impressed. Uh, much more so, much more encouraged than I was uh, against Eunice. So let's hope that we stay dry and we can play some good football. All right, Kevin. We'll All right. You later, Thank man. you,
1: sir. And I have heard that Kaplan's feels fine uh, from Coach Brody, so they plan on hosting North Familian, who did, also didn't get to play Chamboree on Friday. Let's go back to the game hotline. Nope, not going back to the game highlight. No, I I again, let, we we got to let the season kind of play out, but I my initial impression is that of Manny's that I don't think Daniels is like NFL starter material, but we'll see. Got to got to play the game. I mean, to his point, while his first year was encouraging, burrows it wasn't overwhelming so like i didn't hear a lot of people saying after his first year oh he's gonna be the number one pick in the draft next year you know people weren't saying that now midway through the season they were saying that but not going into the season based on what we saw the year before so maybe um what you have around you impact i don't know maybe it does i don't know I still think it's a team game. I know y'all disagree, but maybe 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 it does. We'll we'll see how that plays out. It is um again the game hotline is 706-0111 706-0111. The other thing, you know, there was a lot of talk Going into the season, about how up in the air this tight end situation was for the Saints, and we ended up with the same tight ends you went into the, you know, the mini camps with. Um, so we'll see if they continue to improve. I'm surprised that Jawan Johnson seem you know <clears throat> seems to have made the progress that apparently he's made, um, and so. Because the fourth one is kind of here we go with that word again hybrid. Um, the Saints have four tight ends, so we'll see how that plays out. Not keeping as many why as many linebackers as I thought they would keep. You'll wonder how long that's going to be. Now remember, because you because the fifty three man roster as it sits right now. Is not necessarily the same fifty-three. It, it could change by a week from now, and certainly by game time. There's, if you remember, every year they all, you know, you, they send people up and down for different reasons, and some guys will go to IR and some more. And might get, you know, there, they're, it, It's a big puzzle piece that's constantly moving. Now, you know, ninety-something percent of it's going to stay the same, but there could be you know I, I don't i don't think it's out of the question that bostic and or wilson you know could be playing on the field for instance at in, at some point in, in in the opener but we'll see i um was a little surprised at a few of them but most of the the cuts that they made were you know what we expected it, it, it to be so um so we'll continue to follow that. And, again, next week, it, it, it could very much be different. And remember, tomorrow, as we said yesterday, scheduled at about 9.15 to get Luke Johnson's take on all this. When I first contacted Luke about being there Thursday, that was before the Chauncey Gardner trade. So he might be thinking, oh, no, what did I get myself into? No, Luke can handle it. Well, uh-uh. We'll, uh I guess fun's the word. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: Uh, 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 Kevin Foote is a walking, talking encyclopedia of New Orleans Saints history. No seriously.
1: After that is 2013, which I call the forgotten Saints season because in so many people's mind the Saints streak of good football ended with the Bounty Gate season. And it's not just recent history either. In 88 they finished 10-6, and six, tied for first place in the division, did not make the playoff because they got cheated by a blind official named Fred Silver, who absolutely cheated uh, stole a game on Sunday night in a 13-12 loss to the Giants with his either blindness, and ineptness or cheating or whatever you want to call it. I think he was just blind and senile.
0: We return to the man who's forgotten more Saints history than you will ever know. Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: Welcome back. To footnotes, Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Want to remind you to join the game clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. If you do, you could win such prizes as a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesser Steakhouse, a $50 gift certificate to Katie Interbar and Boring Grill, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. It's free, it's simple, so sign up today. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. All right. Um, remember, today Astros play at 105. So it'll be a little different afternoon game. Astros-Rangers, kind of strange. I'm sure the Astros love it. They had Monday off. They play a two-game series against the Rangers, and then they're off tomorrow. And uh today's game is quite interesting. Uh Martin Perez, left-handed pitch starting pitcher for the Rangers is a guy that had always owned the Astros. Even when he didn't always he didn't always pitch with the with the uh with the Rangers, but he is he owned the Astros in his career until the last outing when the Astros roughed him up pretty good. Uh I want to say they had they Got like seven runs against him in five innings, something like that. They roughed him up pretty good. And so it'll be interesting to see if they can duplicate that or at least come close to duplicating that um in this rematch. Christian Javier had been looking fabulous, but then he made a relief appearance over the weekend and got hit hard. So um You know, I don't know, um, you know, exactly where he is. Some guys can handle that back and forth in a row, and some guys can't. So it was great to see the Astros get a win last night, if they could get this one. I mean, again, they're just trying to kick the can. uh, I have the same goal that I have, you know, all the time. Just avoid this. Just don't get swept. If you don't get swept, if you avoid getting swept, well, then you you recommend I'd be great. You might lose three out of seven, I mean, or four out of seven. But when you do get hot and win five, six, seven, eight, nine in a row, then you can really make some hay. So hopefully um, they can get this win, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if Perez bounces back or not. By the way, on another little side baseball note before we get back to the Saints, um, the, the the Astros, to me, aren't playing at a real high level right now. they got a lot of issues. But they swept the Twins pretty easily. The, the Twins were pretty non-competitive at the plate in that series last week. And the Twins haven't lost a game since. And they've been crushing people. So, again, I mean, they look like a dead team. Really reeling. When they left Houston last, what, Thursday, whenever that was. And and they've won five games since then. They've been crushing people. They cr- they scored another, what, nine or ten runs last night. And so all of a sudden, you know, they're only like two games out in the division again when it looked like they were dead. It, you know, hard team to figure out, that Twins team. Um, so you just never know how a team, when when somebody's going to get hot. Out of the blue, they won five in a row, and they're scoring runs like crazy, and they can hardly get on base against the Astros. Crazy. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Talk to Paul. Hello.
7: Morning, Foot.
1: Good morning, sir.
7: Oh, uh, yeah, 50-50. Glory in baseball, but terrible in football. No <laughs> well, Gl- foot, Listen, I was listening, I think everybody makes a lot of great points about um the C.J. guys. But, you know, I don't do the if factor. If he's gonna turn out good. I know what I get from John. You know. So my I'm gonna ask you a question. Is his attitude and ignoring the coaches is whatever you want to call it? Is that because of the contract? Or is it because that's just him? No, that no that's the because
1: he wants to get according to the the narrative is he wants to, he wanted to get paid, he wanted more, and so you know, it's all about him wanting more money.
7: Yeah. Boom, I, I got the solution. Easy freaking fix. You give them the money you're paying P.J. Sorry, Williams, and you get rid of P.J. Williams because don't P.J. do cornerback and arm safety? It's kind of same kind same of in between, yeah. They both do the same thing. Okay, but I do know P.J. is better than P.J. So now you get, you get rid of that little trash, Williams, and you give them that money. Now everybody's happy.
1: Yeah, that's, but that's I don't know if the money stick. I don't know if the money matches up there. I'm gonna Oh, it
7: matches. Yeah, short. Just throw the two million in. I mean, come on. Put it in the suitcase, let him walk out with the two million, I don't care. But that's what you do. You don't let that talent go. When we sent Malcolm Jenkins in his prime to Philadelphia, it worked out for him, it didn't work out for us, and he won a Super Bowl. And Malcolm played cornerback and safety. You know what I mean? You and if you gonna trade your guy. You try to go find a team that you ain't got to really face this guy,
6: especially
7: the a team that keeps beating up on you. I mean, it's what it is. I think they could have done something better than what they've done. I don't care what team didn't answer. There's always a team that's going to answer. They should have waited during the season and not when it's cut time. There's many ways they could have handled it. different. That's all I'm saying. And I do believe he is going to be missed. At the end of the day, he's going to be missed. Devon Bell, I get it. I get the Malcolm Jenkins and all the Kenny Steels and all that. But, man, this guy is something different. Especially a guy playing defense. You want guys that play defense to have that in them. That's what made the great Charles Haley and others. They have to have it in them because of the position they play and the type of sport they play in. Dumb move. Get rid of P.J. Williams and you keep that guy. I don't know what these rookies going to do. That's all I got to say, Foot. And I'm finished listening. That
8: all was
1: right. A terrible move. All right. No, look, there's a lot of people very upset about it. And, um, Again, I, I'm more upset that they had to make that decision and that, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I do think that they got guys on the team already that are better cover guys than him. I just don't know if they can play the run like he could. He just, again, he brought a nastiness to it, that to the run game and just, I don't know, that I um, I don't know if... um they can replace that, but we'll see getting back to what we were talking about before the last break. part of the fifty three as of now is traquan and pinning, and obviously they're not gonna they're gonna be going on some sort of injured list real soon. you would think, so I wonder who does that mean they're gonna bring back i mean i I would think um. Bostic, and or Wilson, because they didn't keep many linebackers. So I would think he'd be one of those two. Yesterday, as they were announcing the the players that were waived, um, you know, you would see these comments, whether it was on Twitter or on some story that they, you know, this guy might be coming back. And one of the ones that they talked about, as coming back, it was cornerback DeMarcus Fields. I mean, was it me? Does that guy get torched the whole preseason? Uh, He he is not one that, to me, looked like um, was going to be coming back. Dahl and Bond were kept. Most... People, I think, that saw Bostick and Wilson and Sewell and Hanson play, thought that they were ahead of bond and Doll, who were on the team at the end of you know last season. So there was a lot more status quo decisions being made here, other than obviously Chauncey Garner Johnson, different issue. But I think a lot of people thought the tight end room was going to look very different than it did at the end of last year, and it's the same. And I think people thought that maybe the linebacker room was going to be a little different. Turns out, as of now, again, it could change. Could change for sure. Um, I would rather va- I would rather have a Wilson and or a Bostick who have been in the league for a long time than a, than a Dowell. I'm not as ready to give up on Bond as a lot of people who are very ready to do it. Ellis seems to be a guy who just seems, you know, again, he provides some versatility and special teams play that they value at the position. Uh, another thing that the Saints coaches have a better way thing of knowing at the line, speaking of the linebacker position, is how ready is Pete Werner to play? But again, even... Because he because he plays the first play on defense or starts the game, he he's got a groin injury, which is potentially one of these nagging injuries. It doesn't mean he's he's not going to re-injure it. I mean, there's no way of knowing that. So, I, I I think of all the positions that were kept, I think the most surprising position for me as of now, and again, it could change is is the linebacker position. I, but so we'll see how that plays out. You know what also means I wonder if Chauncey Garner Johnson wasn't traded, would Sorensen make the team? Because I think a lot of us thought he wasn't making the team, Sorensen. Maybe maybe he's the guy that made the team, or at least as of now, is on the fifty three. Um Because of the Johnson, Gardner-Johnson trade. I don't know. All right. That'll do it for this segment. We'll come back, finish out today's show next on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Uh, I think one of the perfect segue zones for a sports talk radio show. You may be right. I may be crazy. But it just may be a lunatic you're looking for. Welcome back. Two-foot Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers in the Houston Astros. You know, there's a lot of angry Saints fans yesterday with the news of the trade. You know who, what other fan base should have been very angry with the news of this trade? Very angry with the news of this trade? The Dallas Cowboys. Um, As of now, I'm planning on picking the Eagles to win the, the NFC ESPN division and... Um, I don't know that acquiring Chauncey Garner-Johnson made me any less. I would say it made me more confident in that prediction. Doesn't mean it's going to be correct. It's like all predictions. Could certainly be wrong, no question. But um, I kind of think the Eagles got better yesterday. So if I'm a Cowboy fan and got better, well, I don't know. I'll say the Eagles, the Eagles have been a strange team. Like, their, their defensive front has been really good for a while. Their secondary at times has been very iffy. Um, Their passing game, they, they just had, they haven't had a lot of good wide receiver play in recent years. Their quarterback play's been up and down. So if Jalen Hurts is pretty good, which, again, he has surprised me. He's played better. And the NFL is a starter than I thought he would. The Saints, who I think is a pretty good defense, they can't even, they can't even compete with him. I mean, they can't even compete with the Eagles offense. They have no idea what to do with the Eagles offense. For whatever reason, it is an awful matchup. And I'm not looking forward to that game at all. And um and I think the Eagles got better. So if I'm a cowboy fan, hmm. I'm not too happy with this trade either. I think the Saints might hurt the Cowboys more than the Saints in the long run. We'll see how it plays out. But, uh, no, it's it's definitely I, – I think it could work out for the Saints, no question. But you're going to have a tough time convincing me they're a better football team, assuming that they'd have gotten 100% of what there was to get out of Chauncey Gardner johnson which some people are saying – you can't make that comparison because he wouldn't have given it to you. You know, again, we don't know that. It's a rough time, no question. Rough punch in the gut. Trying to Saints fans everywhere trying to come back from that. Y'all have a nice day.